And me, Dan. But I'd lost you for a moment. This week, we are going to be talking about which programming language for people starting out, people changing careers, people wanting to know the different languages for different software development. And maybe you can start off, Dan. Okay, so beyond the, the standard like HTML and CSS, which you're going to have to learn if you're going to want to build webs, and I'm assuming we're talking about the web, to be a web designer, developer type thing. But beyond that, the answer is JavaScript because it's now not just a front-end tool. It's actually a back-end tool. So you can use things like React or Node. Well, you use Node as a server, and then you can use things like React and build your whole website effectively in JavaScript. And it's not just all rendered front-ends. You've got back-end components as well. So I think if you went on to any modern web developer course, Rather than teaching you the old LAMP stack, they would be teaching you the new mean stack. Okay, um, well, let's take a few stacks back. Yes, um, let's stack it up. What do you I, mean by a stack? Okay, so a stack, what is a stack? So that's all the technologies you're going to need in order to deliver a website. We're going to talk about the old LAMP stack. Let's talk yes. about the old LAMP stack. What does okay. that involve? So that is Linux. Right, which is more of a... operating system. Thank you. Apache, which is the web server, MySQL, which is the database, and PHP, which would have been your programming language of choice. So that's so all the things that you need. To run, that doesn't include the making it look good, the HTML and the CSS. Yeah, as I said at the beginning, you Everyone have to do HTML that. and CSS. You're not going to get away with not doing that. And you're not going to get away with not doing some JavaScript because as soon as you want anything to do anything, unless you want just really static pages, a lot of the client-side stuff was still going to be done by JavaScript. So there are no developers that I would call back-end, you would call full-stack, I imagine, that don't do HTML and CSS. So even if I'm a C-sharp or a... Oh, no, okay. So if you're a, a back-end developer or yeah. imagine you're a database administrator, you don't need to know it, but I think it would, you would find it immensely helpful to know it. Let's be honest, CSS and HTML as concepts will take you a day to learn. To learn the real intricacies of, of CSS can take you many years. But for most applications to get yourself to a, I am a junior web developer, yeah, you can learn them in a day and then use the internet to look up specific things like, oh, what do I do for the background color or gradient? And you can just look it up and there it is. But the actual concepts won't take you very long to understand. You might want to learn things like Flexbox, how it works and stuff, but the actual concept of CSS and HTML is very, very simple. So then it used to be that if you wanted to learn to be a developer, a web developer we're talking about, you yeah. would do what computer science is and it would involve PHP. Would you not at the same time learn ASP and the .NET side of things? And at what point would you decide which one you were going to do it? Okay, so you may have learned those and you may have learned Java. So you may have learned JSP, I think it was called. But really, everybody just did MySQL and PHP because A, those two things were free. Nobody ran on Windows servers apart from big corporates, I guess, because there was licensing fees involved. And the same with Java. Yes, 
they have their applications, they have their uses, and, and there are very good reasons for using them in certain circumstances, especially when you're trying to integrate with, let's say, Microsoft stuff or things that use Java natively. But the but sort of websites we're talking about, you would speak mostly... Speak to yourself. I'm talking about everything. I'm talking about if I wanted to be... Yeah, but we were talking if about I if you had to learn 18... one language when you're 18, 10 yeah. years ago, it would have been PHP. Right, 10 because years it's, ago. Because its application was so much wider. Let me get a word in edgeways. If okay. I'm 18 and I want to earn lots of money and I'm good at maths... I wouldn't necessarily learn PHP because I might want to go and be a software developer or a Microsoft developer. Are they not much more lucrative if I go and work at a bank or something? Is that still PHP? Yeah, mostly. <laughs> I don't believe you, actually. Well, I okay, you just look it up. Like, like, look, you Java. look up about the percentage of Apache, <laughs> Lampstack compared to IIS. And complain about this. I believe that in this case, I am going to be the guru. I thought the money wasn't in PHP. I thought the money was in what I would call even more serious programming languages. But now I could be struck off everyone's list for saying it. But software development really doesn't use PHP, does it? No, software development, you wouldn't be using it. But we were talking specifically about webs. So Okay. Yeah. All right. Name a few software development programming. Well, I mean, really, and you're then going... then we can move away. Yeah, then you're going into sort of C-sharp and that sort of thing, perhaps a bit of Golang. But for web development, and if, like, it's your first job, as we were talking about, Microsoft may have been a choice if you had a specific job in mind, but it would have been a, a bad choice as a all-round, I want to be a web developer. Just look at WordPress, for instance. That's LAMP. It's not IIS. It's not... ASP, you very, very rarely see in modern sites written in those languages because they lost the war, basically. What I'm trying to get at before we move on to a web developer, which you're incredibly keen to talk about, is how and why would I decide whether to be a software developer or a web developer? Because you're either the sort of person that wants to sit and do software, you know, or be I know a game what you're going to say. You're going to say, developer. or you're the person that wants to be a web developer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, and it's and and one of the things to remember is that to jump from one language to the next is not as big a step generally as just picking up your first language. I mean, once you understand functions, you understand arrays, you understand database connections, you're just learning your first language was more difficult than you learning your second language. I still haven't mastered my first language. Yeah, well, <laughs> my point is exactly. Okay, you know, so what language do you program in for games? Nowadays, you know what? You mostly develop in frameworks. So a lot of games are built in Unity. And I'm not entirely sure, but... I would guess if you wanted to go into that type of development, you would pick up some sort of C language as your first language, and then you would develop in whatever the tool is that you're given. Because I'm pretty much, if you can do C, everything else is, you know, it's just a lighter flavor of. So, so C's the holy grail. Yeah, or certainly was when I was growing up. When I was growing up. Yeah, C was the thing that showed that you really knew programming. They're not languages that I have a lot of knowledge about um, okay. I have never been a software developer and therefore it's not my area of expertise which is why I was saying like we're talking about being a web developer because it's kind yeah. of okay I think I'm going to let you go back to web development yeah, so nowadays <laughs> nowadays yes you want a mean stack a mean stack yes a do. mean stack okay good what's yes. a mean stack it's the same thing so it's mongo as your database Okay. 
Now, it's talking in here, because you can talk about a MERN stack as well. So it's Express, which is your web server, Node.js, and the A in there is Angular, but that could be React, that could be you know, any number of these different frameworks that you use to build the components. So the replacement for PHP, in this case, would be React. The replacement of MySQL would be MongoDB. The replacement for Apache would probably be Express. And the replacement for the OS. It, I mean, you're not replacing the OS, but you're going to use Node.js. Now, the thing about all of those is that that's all JavaScript. Every single one of those is a JavaScript library. So and this does is... JavaScript have any relation to Java? No, not at all. That's very confusing. It is. And I think <laughs> the reason why they called it JavaScript is they wanted it to sound cool because Java was the cool beans at that time. Yeah, and actually, it has now the I Oracle. think it's actually called ECMAScript. So ECMA script is the proper word for it. JavaScript was a bit of sort of branding for it. So yeah, JavaScript has nothing to do with Java. It's a common misconception. Okay. And what about jQuery? jQuery is a JavaScript library. So what it did, back in the old days, we used to have to write lots of different code for every different browser, especially Microsoft, because everybody wanted to do it in their own way when we were back in the bad old days of the browser wars. So what jQuery did, it was say, do you know what? I'm going to do all of that for you, and you can write just queries. So now you're only having to write one script, and it will work on every browser because we handle the browser handling for you. Plus, we give you a whole bunch of really simple ways of doing things rather than having a really complicated way. So it just simplified and unified that you could write JavaScript that you didn't then have to worry about, oh, they're on Netscape 4. So instead of having to write a whole bunch of if it's Netscape 4, then if it's in Explorer 6, then. Yes, I do see what you mean. And so if I'm going to uni now, is PHP a safe bet or is it really JavaScript? I would say it's JavaScript now. And Um, how different is it? If I'm a PHP programmer, would I pick up React straight away? React, you might take a little bit longer to pick up, not very long. JavaScript wouldn't take you long at all. And if you were starting now, you'd pick up JavaScript and you might add PHP later. Whereas if you've already got PHP, the likelihood is you've done quite a lot of JavaScript just from front-end coding, never mind the back. All we're talking about is now the back-end coding has gone to JavaScript as well. Which is the React, if I got that right. Yeah, it could be React, it could be Angular. There are lots of different ways of doing this. I think React is Facebook's. I think they develop it. That was going to be the next thing I got onto. If I wanted to be a WordPress developer or a Shopify developer or a Magenta developer, they're all PHP. Yeah. All of those ones. All of those ones, yeah. Okay, so you still have to learn these base languages before you go and use a platform. Those sorts of platforms, yes. I mean, there are obviously JavaScript platforms that you can now start to run on. So So the newer ones might be on newer languages. JavaScript and these type of technologies are sort of taking advantage of something we laughingly called Web 2.0 well before it actually happened, which was leveraging microservices. So everything becomes very API best. Everything's very interconnected. You can pull data from lots of different sources. Modern web apps, progressive web apps. Uber, for example, is a perfect example. That's not a website that you would build in WordPress ever because... (laughs) It doesn't do what WordPress is doing, which is here's a page, here's another page, here's another page. It's actually connecting to loads of different types of data, lots of different bits, and pulling it all together and munging it for you. Which is where you said in your prophecies for 2019, the web is going. Yeah, and I totally believe that, which is I had a meeting where someone said, I think we need different homepages for the different types of people. 
And I said, actually, it's just simpler to build a different home page for every person, which is we're actually going to take what they do and what they enjoy and what they like, and we're going to just present content that we can see would appeal to them. So there isn't a page anymore. It's a bunch of active data that thinks about itself and then displays itself to you. Much like Netflix, you know, Netflix knows what you like. And so I wish it, it didn't because it thinks well, it knows it what did. I like. <laughs> <laughs> it thinks it knows what I like. And so I can't see things that I might like that it doesn't want to show me. Yeah. And I've got the same problem with Prime, which is you show me probably the 30 things I didn't want to watch. Yeah, I want something new, please. Yeah, exactly. There's no button you know, to say, like, show me totally new stuff. And yeah, well, just show be. me all the stuff. Yes, that would be all. good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, by all means, have a like, we think you might like, and I can ignore it and go to the things I actually like. But I think this will happen more and more. I mean, this is when people talk about the bubble. This is exactly what they're talking about, which is everything starts to go, oh, I know what you like, and here's the stuff that you want. And you're like, yeah, but what about the stuff that you don't think I want? But I can never well, see this that. Was a really clever idea until it wasn't. I can I mean, totally it's... see the thinking behind all of this, but the state it's got everyone into, especially on Facebook with news, was never how it was imagined. I mean, if someone had said to you to begin with, I'll offer you things that you might be interested in, you'd go, okay, well, that's really interesting. Yeah, but if they said, I'm only going to show you things that you've already seen, and I'm never going to show you things that you've never seen, or in the terms of, let's say, I know that you are the sort of person that likes, okay, a perfect example. I know you're a Brexiteer, so I'm not going to show you anything at all about Remain, or you're a Remainer, and I'm not going to show oh, you. Oh, yeah, I was about to say, let's just get this straight. Yeah, no, no, no I'm, I'm just saying. I'm not a Brexiteer. <laughs> I'm not saying you. Can just clear that up well, for the audience. Uh, yeah, so basically what you're only doing is only ever getting one side of the story, yeah. and therefore it's just reinforcing your own views. I mean, there's been some interesting research that actually shows if you force other opinions down people, so if you're a Remainer and people send you a load of Brexit stuff, actually what it really does is just make you an even stronger Remainer, which is weird. It's counterintuitive, but it does have this problem where you get locked into a bubble where you basically just get positive reinforcement of what you already think. And that leads to, well, in my opinion, to polemicism where everybody goes to the extremes because there's no center ground anymore. So JavaScript was the answer you were looking for. There's another language, which is Python, which is actually really used a lot in data visualization and data manipulation and a lot in data science is done in Python. And I think the reason why is because it's actually quite a lovely language to write in, if that makes any sense to someone who doesn't write in languages, but it's very easily readable. So you don't have to be a programming genius in order to understand what the code is doing, which is always nice. Data visualization is another area that we should touch on and I'm trying to think of the name of that. We might have a quick chat about it next week because it's something that yes. I worked in a, a while ago and I know that it's updated considerably so I will bring that back when we talk about some design next week. Yes that'd be lovely. Which actually let's talk about next week. We've had feedback that it's time that we looked inside my brain as opposed to me always looking inside your brain. So I thought we would talk about branding. I get asked by clients, why do I need a brand? Isn't that for big companies? Doesn't the content speak for itself? And I'd just like to... And what is a brand? When people say brand, are we just talking about a logo and a color and a font? Or are we talking about something greater than that? Well, I think that's where it becomes we'll grey for small businesses and yes. exactly we'll talk about it next week it's fantastic all righty well enjoy I hope the that rest of your half term <laughs> i'm going to see you all next week bye all righty bye